Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually going to decide to go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap, all right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're gonna live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. Ten acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria, February 17th to 19th. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine-chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. You're listening to The One Minute Mindfulness Show with Vicky Kelly and Natalie McIver. This is The One Minute Mindfulness Show where we explore the life-enhancing power of paying attention and some everyday ways to strengthen your capacity for mindfulness. I'm Vicky Kelly and it's a welcome back to the show, our second for 2017. And today I have with me a very special guest and a fellow podcaster on the wellness couch, Jules Galloway. Jules is uh, an amazing naturopath who has a really unique story that we're going to uh, explore today. And in particular, we're, we're going to be exploring the, the nature of giving and what that, what that does to our nervous system and the nervous system of others and how it at it connects us in a in a really unique way. As I said, Jules has got an amazing experience, um, personal experience, and now she's been able to to liberate that experience into her naturopathy world in giving to others. So it's a big welcome to Jules. Hi, Vicky. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this chat today. We, it's it's been a long time coming, and we've uh, Jules and I have had some some tech issues, of which we had to do some pretty deep breathing to calm our, our systems down. <laughs> you were deep breathing. I was just laughing and swearing. I think. <laughs> oh well, I, I think I had a. a few moments of, of that as well. But the main thing is we're here now and we can share with our beautiful Omling. So Jules, just in a bit of a a nutshell, give us give us your last last uh you know decade plus of where where you came from, what's happened along the way, what it was that inspired you to um, study nat- naturopathy and give in the in the really unique way that that you're giving back to particularly women who are wired but tired. Um, give us that in a nutshell. Oh, how 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 big a nutshell are we talking? Macadamia size, pecan oh, yeah, size, yeah, or um... <laughs> we? Um, all right, we'll go back to. I graduated as a naturopath in uh, 2006, so I finished my studies in 2005. So I've been a naturopath for over a decade, but I, I grew up 
as a really, I was one of those idealistic kids who used to write to world leaders and ask them to just please stop making nuclear bombs and things. Wow. Like I was that kid. Okay. I was that kid. So, An so I very early. <laughs> I know, and and I think from very early on, I had this idea that that I wanted to help make the world a better place. Uh, I wanted to be a nurse. I, I first I wanted to be a ballerina. Then I wanted to be a nurse. Then I wanted to be a writer. And I, it's it's amazing that I ended up being a naturopath because I did run off the rails for a good decade uh, somewhere there in the 90s. And um, I went through a period of homelessness. I went through a period of partying. I went through a period of lots of alcohol, drugs, you know, staying up for a few days straight, all of that sort of naughty stuff. And um, I did some very interesting jobs for a living, shall we say. And somehow out, I came out the other end of that, <laughs> but not, not before I'd really, I'd, I'd, I'd really run myself into the ground. I'd burned the candle at both ends for a very long time. I was pretty unhealthy. I was living on junk food and then when I gained weight, I was living on low-fat food, which didn't do me any favours either. Um, no one should live on just veggies and plain rice, I've discovered. <laughs> and, and, and so I experienced a lot of burnout myself and that, first of all, came along in the form of anxiety and depression. And then later down the track, as I hit my 30s, it started to affect me physically as well where, you know, bits and pieces of my body would just start failing me. And I've also suffered a lot from uh, just that bone crunching, awful fatigue that, mm -hmm. that happens when, when you're not living the life that you should be. So once I started getting myself back on track and realised that the best path for me was um, better food, um, gluten-free, dairy-free, more organic food. I, I went sugar-free for a long time. I've done all that sort of stuff, and I took a lot done of herbs, the full a lot of, of the diet. <laughs> did the whole shebang. I've done it all, and and it it helped me so much. Like that, I wanted. I just decided to become a naturopath. So, what what was a little kid wanting to be a nurse when I was very, very young manifested into a, you know, a woman in her 30s becoming a naturopath and, and still wanting to help others. So now I want to work with women who've also experienced burnout because I know what it's like to have been there. I know what it's like to, to feel that really deep, aching, awful fatigue. I know what it's like to feel anxious and depressed and to not want to get out of bed. And I know what it's like to feel like that that light at the end of the tunnel is just way too dim. And yes, yeah. I want to let people know that, that you, can, you can get through it and that there is a light at the end of the tunnel and that there are natural ways to help you to get there. Wow. And so if you were to, if you were, you work predominantly with women, is that? Look, I do. That, that's that's who I speak to the most. That's who I work with the most. And it's look, if you if you had to pick a typical client that that lands on my clinic doorstep, it would usually be a woman somewhere between about thirty five and her late forties. She's usually got a couple of kids. The kids are still quite young. They're either in primary school or younger. Mm. And she's just not given any time to herself lately. Self-care has gone out the window. Everything's gone out the window. She's given to she's given all of herself to everyone around her, and she's probably lost a little bit of herself in there somewhere as well. So, do you think, Jules, that that partly you're 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 facilitating 
um, a, a vehicle of permission, a vehicle of permission to be able to to take care of of our personal well-being. And as women, I think we're we're always, and I know I can fall into this trap constantly of, oh no, I can't take care of myself. I have to take care of everyone around me, whether it's my children or my clients or my immediate family or closest friends, friends, I'm taking care of everyone around me and sometimes without even recognising at the expense of my own personal well-being. Everyone else is really well now and well taken care of, but it's coming at the expense of my own personal well-being. Is that something that, that, you, that you deal with initially when, you, when you're seeing people like me, if I was a client turning up to you, tired and wired, fatigued? <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely, and you you totally nailed it there by using the word permission. Um, deep down, I believe that women know what they need to do in order to get better, but they think they're not allowed to. They okay. think they're not allowed to be that selfish yes. because they, they think it's selfish. We know it's not, but they think that it is. They think that turning their back on someone else for a short period of time to look after themselves is is not you know is not what we're supposed to do because it's kind of not in our culture, and I I go back to letting when we do when, yeah. when we do take care of ourselves or take some time out or or Lord forbid say no to someone. <laughs> oh oh my God! Can you do that? <laughs> Um, Marie Forleo calls it the no train, getting on the no train. I love the no train now. <laughs> You've got to find classy ways to say no to people. You don't just say no, you say it in a, in a beautiful, understanding way where, where you let them know that it's, it's a no for now because you're looking after yourself. Yes, and so. it's, it's, it's with that, it's having those, those difficult conversations which often begin with ourselves um, in, in a kind but courageous way. So it's... And I think sometimes we we look at our communication outwardly and how we're communicating with others, but within within my program, we're constantly talking about that communication first starts with you. And if you can't be kind and courageous and giving to yourself, then it's more difficult to be able to um, do that with others, particularly when things aren't going our way. Yeah, and I think that that we need to take one step back before that as well because it's one thing to say that we need to communicate it and we totally do but we also in order to be able to communicate what we need we need to be really clear on what we want and what we need mm. and I think there's there's a lot of denial that happens when women have popped out a couple of kids and they're burning the candle at both ends and if the candle had 16 ends they'd burn them all mm. and they put on that superhero cape and they just power on through. They get that real male energy kind of happening and they're like, I'll, I'll be fine, I've just got to get up a bit earlier and I've just got to push through everything and it'll be fine, I just need to push harder and I think what, what happens there is there's that denial that, that that's going to they, I think people think it's not going to hurt them. I think they think they're going to get away with yeah, it. Yeah. And part of a big part of my job is letting women know that they might be getting away with it now, but it's going to affect them in the long term. And trying to there get go, people Omlings, to take the... Omlings, did you hear so, that? You'll get away with it now, but what you're doing, what <laughs> you're doing now is me and says they don't even have five minutes to do some breathing exercises I'm like well 
then something has to give mm. because otherwise it will be your health that gives. Mm. So that, that's got to be number one. Okay. It's, we can talk about we can talk about nourishing food. We can talk about getting rid of processed foods. We can talk about whole foods and all those beautiful things and herbs and supplements and all that stuff that naturopaths mm. do so well. But I think the first and foremost, it has to come back to realizing that we're too busy, and that's what's affecting our adrenals, and that's what's running that, that whole show. Remove that badge of busyness and create some space, number one. Yep, create some space and do not feel bad about it. Okay. And let go of the guilt. Yep, because it's not serving anyone. Okay. And then, so so we've done that, and then we've we've been able to create create some space and, and arrive in our bodies and we arrive in our bodies and realize that, oh, actually I'm feeling a bit bloated and tired but I can't sleep and I'm feeling like I'm wanting to inhale the contents of the fridge at about three o'clock in the afternoon. What can I do? <laughs> what pro what proactive um means can I take so that I'm not feeling like that at three o'clock in the afternoon or at the very least I can delay it till five. <laughs> yeah. The first thing is to make sure that those contents of your fridge are healthy because like you said, you're going to inhale them anyway. So if there's something in that fridge that you know you would rather not eat or that you're going to feel bad about eating, don't put it in the fridge. It has to go because in those moments, in those moments, you're not going to be able to say no unless you're some sort of superhuman. Most women will get to that point, and it's usually about 3.30 in the afternoon, where they it's like their brain takes over, and sometimes your brain, when it's craving food, it's a bit like a two-year-old. It doesn't take no for an answer, and it stomps up and down, and sometimes it's just easier to give it what it wants. Well, I think so, it, it goes into, you get into the, um, because you're in fight or flight anyway, you're in that high stress mode, you go into survival mode, and then if I don't have that piece of chocolate, I'm going to die, so I have to have it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So how do we get to that point in the first place? I know. Rather than trying to fix the problem at 3.30 in the afternoon, we have to look at how you got there in the first place. And quite often when, when my clients are craving sweets at that time of day, it goes back to the fact that they didn't eat a nourishing lunch and there wasn't enough protein in their lunch or maybe their right. lunch contains some processed carbohydrates or some sugars, then what happens is that spikes your blood sugar and you feel really good straight after lunch, but then a couple of hours later you feel mm. tired, sleepy, grumpy, listless, like it's sometimes even angry at the people around you mm. and that's when you're going to crave the chocolate. And so if you can if you can nip it in the bud at the last meal that you ate, so anytime you get that craving, that hankering, at three in the afternoon. Sometimes it also happens at say 11 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. It can happen late at night as well, after a couple of hours after dinner. Whenever you have that feeling, the first thing I teach people is to go back and investigate what you ate at the last big meal. What did you have? Was it, was it lacking in protein? Mm -hmm. Was it too high in processed carbohydrates? Were there some hidden sugars in there? And then we start from there. We go, okay, don't eat that meal again change it in this way, tweak it in this way, add some protein, get rid of the potatoes because they were too starchy and they drove your blood sugar up or whatever it is that you need. Maybe there was some white bread there and, and maybe a slice of ham and you know some tomato or something. It's like, well, that's not enough protein and that's too many carbs. So we go back to that meal and we alter it so that then 
we keep your blood sugar stable and we give you more sustained energy levels for longer throughout the afternoon. How then exciting. you don't crave the chocolate. It's a bit of I a know. social experiment with our, with our uh, food choices, isn't it? And through, through my world, being, being mindful enough to be able to make those choices because I, I notice with myself and the people around me, sometimes I don't even really think about what I'm eating. It's just what happens to be there. And I love your idea around making sure that, you know, in those mindless moments, if you're opening the fridge, only have, you know, whole live leafy green, yummy, delicious, nutritious food in there. Don't have the, the, you know, treats hidden around because you will find them. Don't even have them in there. <laughs> I love that. You'll find them because you were the one who hid them in the back of the fridge, so of course you're going to find Ooh. them. <laughs> oh, she's on to me, Omlings. She is on to me. <laughs> anyway, yeah, enough, so enough about my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got, we've got create some space, prepare in advance, be proactive, um, look, look to to when we are having those cravings or we are having those um, meltdown moments to to look back and see what it was that that maybe fueled that. Whether it was our food or whether it was our rushing, whether it was uh, our morning routine, something something was a catalyst to fueling that later uh, time of breakdown whatever whatever it is whether it's a, a a food craving or whether it's we're wanting to go to sleep or whether we're getting our grumpy muscle working <laughs> we just lose our bananas at the people around us <laughs> losing our banana yeah. yeah yeah i'm trying to i'm keeping the language nice today for you do you like that <laughs> beautiful i know <laughs> Hey, do you know, one of the things that I would really, really love to um, share with our group, which was part of our conversation in when we were having our little technical challenges, Jules is, is going, embarking on a social enterprise campaign and she's giving back uh, to our, the people on the other side of the world that are going through some deep uh, difficulty at the moment. And you're part of a mission group of around 30 30 um, medical uh, medical team of about 30 is that right Jules tell us a little bit yeah that's about that that's right I'm I'm uh, I'm involved with a group called involvement volunteers international mm -hmm. and that's being run by a lovely naturopath who's based on the Gold Coast called Lauren Lacey and she has pulled together a team of 30 doctors, nurses, naturopaths, nutritionists and other assorted people. It's m mostly those but I think we've got like a, a trauma counsellor in there and I think we've got a photographer in there as well. And she, she started this a couple of months ago. She started putting word out about this and was hoping to, I think, just get maybe five or six people to say yes and she ended up with 30. Mm. So there's... There's a big group of us going over at uh, the very start of February, the first week of February. We're all going to meet up in Greece and I think we're coming from about nine different countries, most, most Australians I think, but there's a few people coming from all over the world and Europe, etc. We're going to meet up in Athens and then we're going to um, 
go into smaller groups and, and then be based in the refugee camps that are dotted around Greece. So mm -hmm. some of us are going to Thessaloniki up in the north um, where it's very cold and snowing at the moment and there's refugees living in tents. Uh, there's, some of us are going to Ritsona which is about 80 k's north of Athens. Um, there's people who are going out to the islands, out to I think there's a group going out to Chios uh, which is where the refugees land in the boats when they come over from Turkey and we're going to be working a lot with um, mostly Syrian refugees but I know there's some other nationalities as well. Um, there's some Afghanis, Iraqis and um, yeah so lots of different um, cultures and nationalities all in the camp. Broadly people in need, you know, it, it's it, uh, it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful gift of humanity. You know, we, we are we live on in all different parts of the world, and we all have different experiences and come from different backgrounds and different cultures. But the the art and compassion of loving service of giving in a kind and compassionate way is uniquely human. And you know, humans humans have an extraordinary capacity to harm other humans, but at the very same time. Um, deeply embedded within within us is uh, a leaning towards and a yearning to want to give back and to want to give towards other humans to their benefit. And I think just this hearing about what you're part of, Jules, is is an amazing gift of humanity. And on behalf of everyone that is listening and hearing about this I, I just want to thank you on behalf of all of us because it, it doesn't it doesn't come easy to leave your part of the world and go over and serve in another part of the world in a different culture with people that you don't necessarily know and I, and I can hear in your voice from from what you, you're saying is that it's it's quite humbling even now let alone the experience of getting there to people and giving to people in in own, you know, in a really unique way, people giving to people that have lost everything, and I think that, that just the gift of you turning up and and your gentle, kind smile will uh, illuminate them in ways that none of us can imagine. Yeah, and and look, when I found out about this uh, this particular trip, it was I, I just knew immediately, like it just got me immediately. Like I found out about this trip in November on a Tuesday and by Wednesday I'd already contacted Lauren uh, and asked her a little bit more about it and said yes straight away on the phone um, and said will, will you take me because I'd love to come and by Thursday I'd already started a crowdfunding page and had the airfare. Wow. So it, I, I was I wasn't, it, it was one thing to just say yes and to sign up and just go, yep, I know I have to do this because it was just so obvious to me, like it really got to me. Um, you know, I, I saw a couple of videos of people coming in by a boat and yeah, it just really touched me. I thought, I, I'm in a position to do something about this at, at the moment. I don't have children. Mm. I, you know, I've, I've got a husband who can, you know, look after himself while I'm away. Yeah. Um, I'm in a position in my business where I can hand the reins over to an assistant for yes. a few weeks and yeah. she can run it yeah. for me. Yeah. I love you, Kerry. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Yay, Kerry. And, Thanks for taking one yeah. for the team. <laughs> Legend. 
And and so I'm finally in a position where I can give back. And when this when this came up, I was overwhelmed at how quickly the support flowed in. Like yeah. I like I said, I had, I, I didn't know that, like, you know, a few days prior, I didn't even know that I was going to do this. So I just went, oh, where am I going to get the airfare from? Where yeah. am I going to be able to do all this? And so I crowdfunded it. And I thought some money would just trickle in and I'd just make my airfare. But I made the airfare, the accommodation, the travel insurance, everything was paid for from, from donation. And it and the, the, the messages that came in from people who mm. said, I would love to go, but... I'm eight months pregnant or I would love to go and help but I've got two children under three or I would love to go but financially I can't leave work for three weeks at the moment. Mm. And so they would give me some money instead so that I could go and I was just, I was in tears so many times just reading these messages coming in and I was like, well, look, if I'm in a position to go, then I should just step up and go right now because you don't know what's around the corner. You don't know if you say, oh, look, I'd love to go but maybe next year. You don't know what's around the corner next year. So I thought, I can go. I'm going. <laughs> well, thank you for doing your little bit. And I know that um, there'll be many of our listeners out there who are also maybe in positions that, that can't take the action and, and leave their environment at the moment uh, and that, would, would, that would love to help. And I imagine, Jules, that you would still um, maybe be, be accepting donations for equipment and resources that you may need over there. Do you have another crowdfunding or is there a, a, an umbrella crowdfunding that we could get a link to so that people, if, if they feel that they can, could contribute towards um, this amazing campaign and initiative? Yeah, uh, I have started up another crowdfunding page just to be able to purchase food and medical supplies and supplements or, or whatever we need for people when mm -hmm. we get there. So. I want to be able to go and buy fresh fruit and veggies from the local Greek stores mm. because they're struggling too. I mean, they've they've had this awful financial downturn, so there's there's Greek people over there struggling too. So we want to go and buy the things that we need at the local businesses and then take it into the camps where people need it most. There's, there's people who are malnourished and they're, they're not getting enough fruit and veggies. They've got nutrient deficiencies because they're just living on like a bit of mm. a little bit of pasta once a day, and so. I want to be able to bring them food so that they can cook for themselves and and feel like their old selves again while they're cooking for themselves as well. So I have started another, uh, it's a Go Get Funding page. Um, I can give you the link to put in the show notes, but also there'll be uh, a little badge up on my website at julesgalloway.com that will just say um, help, you know, help the Syrian refugees. Oh, good. And if okay. you click so, on that, it will take you to that page. Right. So we'll certainly share the, the link uh, for your website and the link for the, the crowdfunding on uh, our on page. But if you, in the meantime, if you want to jump on now and just go straight to julesgalloway.com, you'll be able to find how that you can contribute in your own small way so that we can get Jules over there and uh, allow her to serve uh, people who are in deep need and who may, may have lost some hope. Just I think people arriving on the ground and being willing to give back to the community is a, is a, a wonderful gift not only for the for the people who give but also the people that receive and anybody that's witness to that you know there's there's lots of there's there's lots of energizing properties that that um, that nourish our nervous systems as a direct result of being able to give or uh, receive and be witness to that. So it's a beautiful thing that you're doing and it actually brings us to the end of our show today, Jules, but I just want to say thank you so much for sharing 
so much of yourself with us today um, and giving us some amazing tips about creating some space and, and being proactive and making sure that our environment is reflective of, of the choices that at least we'd love to make when we can make them and removing some clutter of whether it's food or whether it's tasks and to-dos, actually removing some stuff so that we can uh, liberate and generate into our, our most amazing selves to shine, as you so brilliantly put it, to, um, to, to open up our inner shine. Uh, so anybody that would love to uh, be part of uh, Jules's programs, I know that you have, is it a 12-week online course that you've got available? Yeah, it's called Shiny Healthy You, Fatigue to oh, Fabulous Shiny 12, Healthy You. <laughs> yeah, so my podcast is called Shiny Healthy You and you can find it on iTunes, but my 12-week course is also called Shiny Healthy You, Fatigue to Fabulous in 12 Weeks and it's specifically for women who are struggling with fatigue, especially adrenal fatigue, who know they need to eat more whole foods. It's full of recipes, it's full of health tips, it's full of support and connection as well because we do have a lovely Facebook group that runs alongside it as well. You will learn how to eat gluten, dairy and sugar-free and you, you'll learn how to love it. Wow. <laughs> and we make it we make it simple for you as well. It's all about taking little steps in the right direction to get you to your bigger goal. Amazing. So yeah, that that's all, there's links to that as well from my, my main website. And there's also on julesgalloway.com, there's also a, a giveaway there which is a little PDF to help you get started started um, to heal your adrenals as well. Right. So you can pick that up for free. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Jules, will you come back once you've been on your beautiful mission trip and, and share with us the uh, your amazing experience? We'd yeah, love to absolutely. Fabulous. That would be fantastic. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. So much for having me, Vicky, and thank you for your support as well. It really means a lot to me. Have an amazing trip. We will get those um, links to the to the crowdfunding so that people who have capacity are able to contribute so there are so many ways that that we can all stay connected um on the couch and do go to uh jules's podcast on, on the couch or her website of course and please go to the website thewellnesscouch.com forward slash omm and under on the couch there's so many new shows coming on board and our old favourites and you'll join some outstanding contributors on the couch. If you love this show, as I'm sure that you do, please go now and post it or tweet it or share it with your online tribe and do go and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. So until next time, I invite you to create some space as you pause, breathe and smile a whole lot and strengthen and expand your inspired mind and your connected and mindful heart. Until next time, beautiful Omling. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.